Capital One Arena right now. And the Wizards just won on the second night of a back-to-back, which sounds like a rarity because winning on the second night of a back-to-back is a rare thing in the NBA, except for with the Wizards, who are now 1-8 on the first nights of back-to-backs and are 7-2 on the second nights of back-to-backs. The most inexplicable thing in the entire world. They beat... They lost to in Cleveland last night to a terrible, terrible Cleveland team that had the worst record in the NBA going into the game. And uh, they beat the Pacers tonight, 107-89. to 89. They killed them the whole game. They had a lead as much as, like, 25 points. Bradley Beal had 25, played well. Jeff Green had 23 off the bench, played well. Scott Brooks shook up the starting lineup. Otto Porter went back in, shook up the rotation. Jordan McRae came back in. I'm Fred Katz, by the way. I'm the host of Wizards After Dark, and I cover the Wizards for The Athletic. And we're going to lead off talking about Jordan McRae because I was on the phone with uh, my guest last night, whose name I'm not even going to say because he deserves no esteem. Now, on the phone with him at around 2.30 a.m. last night, telling him, I think Jordan McRae is going to play. And and he has ranted about Jordan McRae many times. And Jordan McRae played. And I told you that we were going to come on, we were going to talk about Jordan McRae a little bit. And now Jordan McRae played 26 minutes tonight and got actual rotation minutes uh, for the first time after leading that garbage time run, 5 for 10 from the field, 12 points, 3 boards, after uh, leading that garbage time run. So, ha, Ben Standing, ha. So, first of all, you said, what, 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 how did you describe this room? It's like a holding cell. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like if, like, the Capitals locker room is across the hall, like, I feel like if there was an actual penalty box, like, this would be, this would be it. Like, if, like, if one of us fires off a really bad tweet, like, this might be where we're with PR, like, <laughs> like, 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 but this, this is, I mean, this is a, this is dingy. This is like, like I was saying to you, if you get caught up in the Mueller report, this is the, this is the room to prepare you for those kinds of interrogations. Um, yeah, first of all, more importantly, so yes, at, what, what time was it? It was like two thirty in the morning. Yeah, I mean, like this is the the, the level of nerds that you're dealing with. So, like, <laughs> I was like asking, I think I sent you a text about what what would you have done on the final play? Would you have put uh, any starters back in? And we just kind of went from there. And then the and then once we started talking on the phone, the Jordan McRae thing came up, and uh, I, I don't remember what I said. I'm not like. The, the level of frustration with the fact that Scott Brooks is often not followed up on these types of moments. And it was like my point last night on some of it was, look, if, if last night was a one-off, if you're not going to play the Jordan McCrae's of the world more, then you should have put Bradley Beal back in the game last night because what, what, what a message are you trying to show? Okay, at least for one night, Jordan McCrae did get back, get to get in the rotation. Hallelujah. Not sure what took so long, but okay. He, he played, and hey, guess what? He, made, he got buckets again. Yeah, five or ten from the field. He didn't. Scott Brooks said it after the game. He didn't really take bad shots. He, I, I think the worry from Brooks with him specifically is that like, just because you can score in the G League doesn't mean you can score in the NBA. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, he, he's basically a, a one. He's been shown to be a one-way player. I, I went and I, and and a, and a score first player. Like I think Brooks wonders like it's not even that he's one way. It's that like he wonders like okay, you can't play the way you play in the G League in the NBA. So how are you going to show it? Which is another thing that I wonder. Like 
So why don't they just play him the way they play him in the NBA and the G League? If the whole thing is a development thing, who cares about him winning a G League scoring title? Who cares about the G League team winning games? Play him the way that you would play him in the NBA then. Play him off the ball more. See what happens. Like, see what, see how you do it. Then you can see how you can evaluate him better. Yeah, 100%. And to the point on the Wizards, you know, look, early in the season, you know, this was the first year that they really had the G League. Well, the first year they had the G League. They had the two-way guys last year, but nothing really happened. It was Simon McCray. You're like, oh, this is interesting. He's not a rookie. This is somebody who looks like he could come in and play right away. One of those guys who we've seen other teams use frequently. Then they didn't use it. But, okay, early in the season, you were kind of stacked on the wings. But then you made the trade where you sent away Austin Rivers that opened up a guard spot, still didn't play. Then you brought in Ron Baker. He plays over Jordan McCray. And you're like, well, what's the deal? And that's the part that sort of I didn't get. Like, well, But then so then you get to the point where they're, like, they're shorthanded. They're, there's no John Wall. They're missing other guys. You, at some point, just have to sort of play to your strengths. Forget forget your weaknesses on some level because you have several. You can't you, right now if the Wizards don't want to use Yon Mahimi if you're playing a team that that doesn't have a real center, they don't have a like they don't have a backup big man if Yon Mahimi can't doesn't go. Um, they're, they're limited in all kinds of ways. So what? You play to your strengths. They've been playing that small ball lineup against no matter what the other team is doing because that's working for them. So with Jordan McRae, it's like okay, fine, he's limited. He also does this thing really well. Why don't you do that? Well, why don't you go with him? And, and that's what we. Soft tonight, and, and sort of to, to your point, I was there the game when he scored 54 points in the G League, just random luck, and I spoke with his coach, uh, Gerald Christian, as you know, and he said to me, uh, quote, I think it's in terms of what does Jordan have to do to get to the next level, I'm like, clearly he can score. He's like, I think it's just about Jordan's mentality when he's thrown into a game on the next level, still being able to function without getting the ball every possession, and that's the point. And it's not, that's not unusual. Uh, I mean, there, are, there are reasons why certain guys can't make the leap. A lot of guys can score. If the NBA was only about scoring, be a lot of other guys who are out of the league in the league. They also have to stop the other team, the other guy, and do all the, all the other things. Clearly, he, he, people, he's not impressing on people for that. We'll see what happens. But eh, he can do that thing well, and they've needed that at times. So, the Wizards are now a team of elite G League scorers. Gary Payton the seconds. Uh, it is exactly midnight right now which means Gary Payton, the second's 10-day contract, just officially ran up. They intend on signing John Jenkins, Vanderbilt product, who's averaging 25 a game in the G League, great three-point shooter. That's according to uh, Sham Sharania, my colleague at The Athletic. Um, you know, we'll see what ends up happening with Jenkins. Is Sham, is, what did you, how did you say his name? Shams. Oh, I always want to say Shams. Shams. Well, that sounds much cooler. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know what they're going to end up doing with Jenkins. I don't know if they intend on waiting a couple days to shave a couple extra cap dollars. I don't know if they're going to make it official tomorrow. I don't know what the deal is going to be. Um, I, I have to say, I'm a little... Oh, I love that. We, we, we joke about this, but I love we're probably going to talk for 20 minutes and never discuss Bradley B or anybody else who... Did good things tonight, Jeff Green. Yeah, big game. no Jeff Green. Because this is all the more end of the stuff. But these are the things that I'm just fascinated by how these decisions work. Okay, fine. Gary Payton, you wanted to move on from? Okay, you can't find him in that part of that comeback against Cleveland, but fine. And uh, he may come back up. They may give him another look at it after the All-Star game, but from what I gather, it's possible. But just positionally, now that we've discovered that Jordan McCray can play, and you have Jason Randall, and you have Troy Brown. I'm not saying that's a tremendous threesome off the bench, but you now have some of that. I kind of look at the front court, and I still think you still don't have Morris. You know, Yamahimi only works in certain matchups. 
out-of-order stuff as tell. I don't know, maybe go with the front court guy? I, I kind of keep waiting for them, yet they keep going with more guards. So I just think that's a little interesting. I would have gone with the front court guy. But I don't think it really matters. It's a 10-day contract. Like, yeah, hi again, nerd alert. <laughs> I mean, my whole thing with all these things is, like, you never know when you're going to need somebody, and it feels like they're constantly running up against lack of uh, – not only, like, technically you have Devin Robinson, who they just don't use either, so I guess technically he could be a front court guy. Yeah, but if, if McCray is going to be active, like, your 10-day guy might not even be active on some of these games. Like, oh, 100%. I mean, this is not the difference between they're going to make the playoffs or they won't. I'm just I, – I, I'm a very much a – break in case of emergency kind of a guy if, if eight steps removed happen. You know, it's like I'm, I'm the guy who would really worry about when the, when the president gives the State of the Union, who's just the, the cabinet secretary that stays back. I'm really thinking about this. Like, I'm overthinking why the secretary of labor instead of the secretary of uh, HUD, the HUD secretary. You know, like, what I, I want to know. So that, that's why, to me, this is this is, this is is a thing to, to concern about. But, okay, I will move on from, from this nonsense and focus on whatever you want to talk about. Let's talk some actual basketball for five minutes because uh, they played well tonight. They're two and a half out of the eighth seed again. Uh, after, you know what's weird? They were two and a half out of the eighth seed when Wall was out for the they, year, too. They have literally not moved at all. I mean, they're, they're just stuck in that spot. And it... It kind of makes sense from the standpoint of how they've been winning. They win. They still haven't won more than. Have they won more than three all year? Arrow? Yeah. I, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. So they, you know, they've been okay. So now it's more instead of win one, lose two. It's now win two, lose one. But it's not getting. It's not, it's not doing enough. Um, so at some point, that's going to have to to change. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this was a pretty impressive uh, performance, especially on the heels of what happened last night and. To go back to our uh, 2 a.m. conversation, like part of what I kept wondering was, and I still would question like why you didn't at least put Beal back in the game. But if you because you, you wrote about was Scott Brooks trying to send a message? He said no, okay. But uh, you kind of said uh, basically he was, and I would uh, concur. But the question was sort of like what is it a message you cut off your nose to spite your face? Will you have an opportunity to? to win this game, perhaps, and you didn't have your best players on the court, regardless of what happened in the prior 40 minutes. But one point that was made to me was, well, look, there is message, there are messages, and sometimes you, you just need to send a message. And I'm like, well, why wasn't it sent in game 10 or game 20 when they were continually playing crappy game after game? This was, Scott Brooks today admitted this was the first, last night was the first game this year, or in a month, that they've played poorly. So why send the message? And part of what X was sort of said was, uh, maybe you couldn't send it then. Maybe that there were factors with the roster, with the, the way that well, let's just say that the, what, what the team the team was not receiving certain messages. You you don't have to speak in code if you're going to be this obvious. Well, I mean, and just to be clear, <laughs> it's not just one player. Kelly Oubre has been traded. Austin Rivers has been traded. Lots of guys are out or gone, whatever. And the team clearly is different now mentally. We can see it. This isn't like rocket science. So now maybe the same message that he couldn't deliver then could be delivered now. And while this one is only one game, it was a pretty rousing performance against an Indiana team. They have some missing, missing Victor Oladipo, but still very good defensively. And the Wizards had no issues uh, knifing, uh, carving them up tonight. So um, I've never been a believer in cookie-cutter coaching strategies. I think you coach 
different players differently. And some players might respond to being left on the bench and then being ripped for effort. And some players might turn off after being left on the bench and being ripped for effort. Uh, and I, I think Scott Brooks, I'll, you know, there are times where I'll question his X's no stuff. But I think he's, like, emotionally intelligent. I think he, he knows how to read people and understand people who he knows. And uh, I think he made a calculated decision last night to do that. And I, who the hell knows if they came out and they played well because Scott Brooks did that. No one will ever know. People who agree with him more than anyone will never know. People who disagree with him more than anyone will never know. It's just one of those things we can never, ever possibly know the answer to. But if Scott Brooks were right, like this and then future performances like this would be what it would look like. Like Scott Brooks can probably feel good about being right after a game like this. Um, you know, maybe they would have come out and done this anyway. They've had, as I said at the top of the show, they've had tons of times where they've lost games they shouldn't at the start of back-to-backs. By the way, their only win on the first night of a back-to-back, it took triple overtimes just to beat Phoenix. That was the only time, that triple overtime game. So they haven't even won a game in regulation. They, it took three overtimes to beat arguably the worst team in the NBA. That's that was a wild. That was a wild one. Uh, and they lost to Cleveland. I mean, it's just it is the weirdest freaking thing. I don't know if it's because they don't shoot around the second night of back to back, but they've had no shoot arounds for early games. And they've had no shoot arounds for some random seven o'clock games. And like, I don't know. It's just an inexplicable weird thing. I mean, one thing that one guy on the team posited to me was just like, this team needs to get kicked in the ass more than the average team. And when they get kicked in the ass and lose a game, they shouldn't. They come back out the next night and they're like, all right, now we're going to do it. And they play a game like this. And I don't know. It's as good of a theory as anything that I've heard uh, I mean, beyond just pure randomness. Yeah, I mean, they've been wildly up and down the last several years. This isn't just th- th- this year. They would constantly lose to the teams. You're like, oh, come on, how are you losing to Team X? But, yeah, they would raise their level against the, 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 the better teams. And it was just a constant um, with them. And – you know, the, 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 that, that was sort of my thing last night about the notion of sending a message because this team has been largely consistent. But it's interesting, like, you know, I guess like with anything else in life, right? You know, you're on a diet. You're doing all the right things for two weeks. You, you, you stay away from the carbs. You, you, you're not looking at the chocolate. But then one night, it's like 2 in the morning, you stop by 7-Eleven, you're like, eh, what's, well, what's one Reese's Pieces going to do? And you, that becomes another one, and all of a sudden, you're, you know, you're uh, – on the couch, your, your couch potato again, shoving potato chips down you, down your throat every every other second. Scott Brooks was the guy, maybe who was who, the, the, your your uh, your, your uh, who's that chick on the Jillian Michaels on the Biggest Loser, one of one of those trainers who screams. Never evil. seen that show. She's very scary. But anyway, like you know, one of these trainers who scream at you, don't do that. What uh, and and maybe you know, maybe there's something to that. And for what it's worth, I can talk to some of the players. Not to keep going back to the Cleveland game, but like I don't think all the guys actually thought that Brooks was going to put in the starters again, and the, and everybody seems to be both the guys who were on the bench and the guys who were in the game respectful of the fact that 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 that's the. Way I talked to went. Jordan McRae after the game last night. I was like, "Were you surprised he left you out there after the game?" And he just flatly told me, "Like, no, I went in there thinking that he was leaving all of us out there. We were playing really well. Why wouldn't he have left us out there?" Right. Like I said, I mean, I would quibble about the beat of not putting Beal, but okay. The larger point is, and we'll see what happens. If Scott, it, you know, there are bigger things in play than just the basics of basketball. Sometimes, like you said, the, the there's the emotional a- a- aspects. But you know, when we started this, 
you're going to give me grief about Jordan McRae and, and all that. And part of it is, uh, look, I've watched. I mean, Thomas Adoransky last year had stretches where he played great, and then all of a sudden Ty Lawson's playing in the playoffs. Um, even before that, I mean, he, you know, the Wizards, with Thomas Satterinsky on the roster, twice traded second-round picks for point guards, then kept not playing Satteransky, and eventually it took to basically almost this year for a team to feel like Scott Brooks is like, oh, yeah, well, we're going to stay with him. So, and it's not that Thomas Bryant took him a little bit longer than for, than I would have liked to see him in, and yada, yada, yada. And Jordan McRae, it's been half the year, and they're still, he's not getting in. So, there, there's reasons to be a little skeptical, in my opinion, about things like that. But that's also what's interesting about what's happening now, because as you said before, um, there's certain messages you can give to certain people, and right now, it feels like this team, again, I'm not, as you said a minute ago, I'm not trying to be coy, but the players who are playing now, in total, it seems to be meshing with what Scott Brooks is trying to, to, to do. And you're getting the best of them and the best of him. And that is an interesting uh, situation. Yeah, and before we wrap up, um, Otto Porter, another left big toe injury. He had that earlier in the year, missed some time. Left big toe tonight, we don't know the severity or the deal with it. Last time it was a left big toe contusion. This time they called it a sprain during the game. We'll see what happens. The Wizards are off tomorrow. They're going to practice on Friday. They play Milwaukee at home on Saturday. Uh, we'll see the deal with Otto Porter. He, you know, if he's not able to go, that's a problem. And if this is a recurring thing for him, then that's a problem too. But we'll wait to see if it's actually a problem before we deem it whenever, a problem. Whenever anybody has a big toe injury, do you think of Sergeant Hulka or... I have no idea what you're referencing. Oh, my God. Are we, are we about to show the differences in our ages here? You Maybe. Have you, seen, have you seen Stripes? No. Okay. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Okay, so I don't know what your plans were for tonight, but, like, <laughs> you're going to go home, and you're going to go watch, and then you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. I'll leave it at that. Fair enough. Uh, Bradley Beal played well. Jeff Green played well. Jeff Green is still damn close to 50-40-90, by the way. Jeff Green is like 48-38-89 on the season. It is absurd. We're 51 games into the season. Jeff Green's true shooting percentage is still comfortably over 60%. Yeah. I mean, he, he has been uh, – we don't need to do any more analysis of it because I've talked about it a million times, but I haven't mentioned it in a little bit. It's like tonight, 8 of 16, 3 of 7 from 3, 4 of 4 from the line is – 23 points on 16 shots. He's a plus 16 for the game off the bench. He comes in. He has great dunks. He plays with energy. It's like he's been a great minimum player for them. He's he's been a he's been a a, a great signing. I know Jeff Green is the butt of a lot of jokes, but for minimum player, I mean, there are a lot of I, look. If the Wizards decide they want to tear down at the fringes, save some money, get some stuff, like teams will give up happily. You you could probably get a unprotected. You know, you could get something from Jeff Green. I wasn't going to say I'm protected first, by the way. I was going to say I'm protected second. I need to clarify that. But Jeff Green's been traded for a first-round pick many times in his career, twice in his career before. He's playing better than he was playing a couple of those times when he was traded for first-round picks. So I'm just throwing it out there. In a um, season of weirdness, I don't know if it, I'd have to rank my biggest surprises, but Jeff Green, arguably being their most consistent player other than, say, Bradley Beal, ranks very high among the biggest surprises. Not that he doesn't have high moments, but that's been the knock for him most of his career. It's the, the, the one game he looks like an all-star, the next game we're like, what, what happened? Where, where'd he go? Um, and he's been, we haven't seen that. He's, he's just totally him. solid every night. Some nights he's really good, but he's never horrible. And he's often playing out of position, as we know, having to play the small ball five. I mean, he's, let's be realistic. Or, 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 
has he been playing out of position his entire career? Oh. I don't even want you to answer. I'm just leaving that as the question that lets it linger. Um, follow Ben on Twitter. What's your handle again? Um, at Shams Charney on what? No. Uh, <laughs> at Ben Standig on Twitter. Great. And read his stuff in NBC Sports Washington. And uh, if you listen to this podcast, you obviously know who Ben is because you've been on 548 times. Uh, subscribe to Wizards After Dark. Give us five stars. Leave a review on iTunes. I will be back on Saturday after the Milwaukee game, eh, probably with a guest. I'm usually with a guest, so I'll be back on Saturday. I'm just going to say I'm going to be with a guest. Can you get honest? Yes, I'll get Okay, Giannis. Nice. Okay, that'll be a good get. That's just a thought for me to you. I get. should. I should get Giannis. Let me know what's he doing. I get Giannis. I'm gonna have Kobe Skype in, and that'll be perfect. Well, we'll I, I'm trying to keep it real. I mean, Kobe's yeah. a bit much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm just, well, I'll be back on Saturday with a guest who might be Giannis. Who knows? Right. It's not Giannis. Uh, I'll be back with a writer, and uh, I'll talk to you guys then.